0: What a year! What a roller coaster this year 2017 has been. They say you should never talk about religion or politics, but this has certainly been an unpredictable year for both, and none of us has been spared the consequences. It's no surprise that once again, Jerusalem has never been far from our headlines. Let's look at some of the events in our ministry that herald the coming of Jesus and the shortness of the time that we have left to finish the job of the Great Commission. Shalom, I'm Christine Darg and welcome to our Ministry Center here in the heart of the Old City of Jerusalem. 2017 has been an exciting year to be alive and to preach the gospel because we're witnessing the fulfillment of Bible prophecy on an exponential scale. There have been many milestones this year. We celebrated the 500th anniversary of the Protestant Reformation, the 120th anniversary of the first Zionist Congress in Basel, Switzerland, the 100th anniversary of the Balfour Declaration, calling for a Jewish homeland, the centenary anniversary of General Allenby's capture of Jerusalem from the Ottoman Turks here inside Jaffa Gate, and it's been the 50th anniversary of the reunification of Jerusalem following the Six-Day War of 1967. It's also the 40th anniversary of the historic visit of Egyptian President Anwar Sadat to make peace with Israel. Personally, for me, it's the 40th anniversary also of my baptism in the Holy Spirit and an opportunity to smuggle Bibles into mainland communist China and begin our evangelistic ministry. In the midst of the many end-time signs that Jesus told us to watch for, Earthquakes, wars, rumors of war, the very real danger of nuclear holocaust. The world is on the precipice of World War III. At the same time, Jesus especially admonished us to learn the lesson of the fig tree. In the Synoptic Gospels, three times we're instructed by Jesus to learn the fig tree parable. Well, how many believers have learned the lesson of the fig tree? Unfortunately, not too many. Jesus' parable of the fig tree concerned the destruction of this holy city and Israel nearly 2,000 years ago. Yet that wasn't the end of the story. Jesus also prophesied the miraculous resurrection of Israel in the last days. And you and I are eyewitnesses of the miracle after Israel's long diaspora, in the nations yet many leaders in the church is still stubbornly refuse to see or to comprehend that God is at work here in the Middies restoring his ancient Jewish people while at the same time, the Lord of the harvest is winding up the times of the Gentiles. Towards the end of his earthly ministry, Jesus rebuked a fig tree for bearing no fruit. He addressed the fig tree as if he were addressing his nation, and it became withered from the roots. Replacement theologians who say that God is finished with the Jews would like to believe that Israel, the fig tree, had their day, and now all of Israel's covenants and promises have been transferred to the church. I even heard a preacher say recently during an international radio broadcast that the church is Israel, and arrogantly, he said that Israel is a fake nation, but nothing could be further from the truth. Such preachers are as blind to the prophetic scriptures as the Jewish people have been to the identity of the Messiah. However, Jesus prophesied the resurrection of the fig tree, Israel, in the last days. Jerusalem, once again, in the hands of the Jews, is a fulfillment of Bible prophecy. In his Olivet briefing to his disciples in Luke 21, 24, Jesus prophesied that the Jewish people would fall by the sword and be taken as prisoners to all nations. He said Jerusalem would be desolate and trampled on by the Gentiles until the times of the Gentiles are fulfilled. Well, this year we celebrated the Jubilee 50 years of Jerusalem once again being under Jewish sovereignty. And that's why wherever we go in the world, we explain the unique times that we're privileged to be living in. And we explain what God is up to in these last days and how the sign of Israel's reappearance once again in the Middle East is a major signal to watch for the return of Jesus. At the beginning of 2017, we held our 14th annual Watchmen and Women on the Walls Convocation, which always is blessed by the Lord's presence. This year, one of our keynote speakers was an Orthodox Jewish Israeli who wants to welcome Jesus back into the fold here as the Jewish Messiah and not as the Gentile Jesus disguised by the trappings of Christendom. Ariel cohen Alero attends to stage a trial attended by members of the Sanhedrin in order to exonerate Jesus, Yeshua, against the false charge of blasphemy that sent him to the cross. By exonerating the Savior of blasphemy, he ardently believes Israel will be blessed and Jews and Christians will finally come into a right relationship with one another. Also, during our January prayer convocation, we held an outreach in Bethlehem during the Orthodox Christmas to bless the Palestinians and to strengthen the churches there. Bethlehem pastors invited not only members of their congregations, but also Muslims to hear the Gospel shared in a clear manner around the birth of Jesus in their city. It was a powerful time of sharing the Gospel in the cultural context of the Mideast And of hearing bold public testimonies of divine healings because Jesus is the same yesterday today and forever and so his healing power can always be received by faith following on our new year prayer convocation we took a team into the ancient Bible nation of Georgia which we discovered to be a spiritual oasis in the middle of this region The Holy Spirit is pinpointing Georgia as strategic for end-time revival. The five crosses on the Georgian flag are the Jerusalem cross, sometimes interpreted as representing the five holy wounds of Jesus, or alternatively, Jesus and the four evangelists, or Jerusalem as the center of the world with the four points of the compass. Upon arrival in the capital, Tbilisi, We wondered if we were still in Israel because hundreds of Israeli flags lined the boulevards and the Israeli flag also welcomed us at our hotel because our visit coincided with Israel's president, Reuven Rivlin. The Republic of Georgia is one of the oldest Christian countries in the world. The history of the Georgian church dates back to the first century AD when the apostles brought the gospel there. Our guide told us that the kings of Georgia were descended from King David. And Saint Nino, a woman evangelist, was the spreader of Christianity in Georgia. And so she was given the title, Equal to the Apostles, by the Orthodox Church. In the 4th century, Christianity was officially declared as the state religion. Tucked between the Caucasus Mountains and the Black Sea, more than 85% of the people belonged to the Orthodox Church. For thousands of years, numerous empires tried to eliminate Christianity, yet Georgians persevered even under communism. The Bolshevik invasion in 1921 resulted in the unmerciful destruction of churches and monasteries all across Georgia. But while many neighboring European countries are Seeing a fall in church attendance, Christianity in Georgia is witnessing unprecedented growth with strong worship services and Bible preaching. We were guests of the largest Protestant church in Georgia's capital, and we visited with its bishop. As 2017 progressed, we ministered at the International Christian Embassy Jerusalem's annual conference in the Republic of Ireland. It's always a joy to connect with believers from the north and the south of Ireland and to strengthen believers in the nations where we minister, including always the United Kingdom and worship services as well in the United States. Next in our year, on our visit to Mumbai, India, we held our ministry's fifth Bible Congress in the great nation of India. And it was our first Bible Congress in the giant metropolis of Mumbai. What a city it is with a population of over 21 million. The Bible Congress was held not far from the famous Gateway to India monument that was built to commemorate the 1924 visit of King George V and Queen Mary. Now, as we prayed at this gateway to India, We believe God for the king of glory to enter the nations in 2017 in more powerful new ways and especially through the global tool the Lord of the harvest has given us, the internet. Indeed, through media and the internet, the spirit of the living God is reaching the nations despite ongoing tremendous spiritual warfare and persecution against the churches, especially in the Bible lands. In our ministry, we've always included India and Pakistan as Bible lands because they were first evangelized by the apostle Thomas. And India is referenced in the book of Esther. Today, Mumbai's slogan is the city of dreams. And it truly was one of my dreams to minister at our Bible Congress in Mumbai that was attended by hundreds of pastors and leaders, as well as some hungry souls such as this Muslim woman who came for healing in our prayer line. It's vitally important to ask our ministry partners to pray for us because we do experience spiritual warfare before, during and after such massive undertakings as a Bible Congress or any gospel campaign. However, it's always a positive sign that we're being effective when our gospel efforts are opposed by the powers of darkness as those who've ministered overseas and around the world for decades, by the grace of God, we've had our share of spiritual warfare. In the New Testament, the Apostle Paul described the whole gamut of experiences that the Lord's messengers can face. Everywhere Paul went, two things started, a church and a riot. Paul wrote, I've been in danger in the country among bandits and wild animals and so forth. And I've been in danger in the city. For example, in Ephesus, his preaching created a riot. And in Philippi, he was thrown in prison. So many times Paul was in danger of losing his life through stoning and scourgings. But he said one of his great perils was actually danger from false brethren. People who claimed to be believers, but who tried to undermine and destroy his work. Tragically, a man of God or a woman of God can spend many years carefully planning and laying the foundations of a solid ministry, teaching, showing mercy, healing, and compassion, pouring ourselves out to the people. And yet false brethren, a Judas, a Jezebel, or a jealous organizer, an interloper, a usurper, will try to tear down and destroy all of a faithful minister's hard work. I'm so thankful that Paul wrote out a defense for himself against so-called super apostles and false brethren because he gave us his reader's digest of sufferings in 2 Corinthians 11. Persecution isn't anything new. It's the same age old battle. Our Lord said the servant is not above the master. So when we're persecuted in one place, Jesus said the strategy is flee to another. The world's a big place. We have to keep moving for the Lord. One way we continue to reach Asia is by sponsoring monthly all-night prayer gatherings to pray for the peace of Jerusalem and the salvation of the Indian subcontinent. Meanwhile, here in Israel, for a couple of decades, our ministry has been holding prophetic Passover convocations. These are prophetic summonses inspired by the Holy Spirit as a labor of love to recover the celebration of Resurrection Sunday at the time that the Lord's Passion really happened in Israel. During Passover and not during the pagan spring solstice called Easter, a time and a season that tragically was changed by the church to coincide with the pagan spring fertility festival. The church decided to divorce itself from its Jewish roots and this error must be repaired at Passover. This year, our epic prayer journey in April was our 20th Passover Convocation to recover Biblical times and truths. On the eve of the Jewish Passover in Palm Sunday, we first gathered in Jerusalem's historic Christ Church for the opening session of our 20th Passover Convocation. We remembered that the early Christians had commemorated Holy Week during Passover when the sacred events of the Atonement actually occurred. Many believers in this generation are recovering these precious truths about the death, burial, and resurrection of our Savior at the time of Passover, the Feast of Unleavened Bread, and the Levitical holiday called First Fruits. You see, the Firstfruits Feast was fulfilled by the resurrection of Jesus from the grave. He became the first fruits of the resurrection on Resurrection Sunday. Hallelujah! Also in our convocations here in the Holy Land, we're always mindful to pray for regional security. We pray for the ongoing safety of the people of the book, Jews and Christians in the Middle East. Each year our ministry has held some amazing Passover meals in Egypt, Israel, and Jordan. But this year the Lord led us to stage our 20th Passover meal, called a Seder, at a most dramatic location, at the gates of hell. The location is in the north of Israel, in the Golan Heights at Caesarea Philippi. It reminded me of the saying of the famous missionary, C.T. Studd. Some want to live within the sound of church or chapel bell. I want to run a rescue station at the gates of hell. In Matthew 16, Caesarea Philippi is where Jesus asked his disciples, Who do people say the Son of Man is? And they replied, Well, some say John the Baptist, others say Elijah. Some said Jeremiah or one of the prophets. But what about you? He asked, Who do you say that I am? And Simon Peter answered, You are the Messiah, the Son of the living God. So it was here in Caesarea Philippi near Mount Hermon where this significant New Testament event occurred. When Peter declared that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of the living God, the Lord said, "'You are blessed, Simon, son of Jonah, "'for this was not revealed to you by man, "'but by my Father in heaven. "'And I tell you that you are Peter,' "'meaning a little rock. "'And on this rock, Peter's bold confession of faith, "'Jesus said, I will build my church in the very gates of Hades. Death will not overcome it. You see, Satan will never be able to destroy the living church, and even the blood of the martyrs becomes the seed for the church. Caesarea Philippi is also identified as Panaeus or Paneas, temple to the pagan god Pan. The church fathers believed this was also the place where Jesus healed the woman with the issue of blood. The landscape is surely a dramatic backdrop to the Lord's declaration about the gates of hell not prevailing against his church because the ominous black rock cave indeed looks as if it's been burned by hell fire. However, this beautiful stream from Mount Hermon babbled beside our restaurant where we held that 20th Passover Seder. One of our prophetic purposes was to believe God for the end-time harvest of souls. Therefore, we remembered the Lord's commission to His church to give us the keys of the kingdom. And we prayed for the protection of God's people in the Middle East. What an amazing Seder it was. God spread a table for us just 40 miles from Damascus in Israel's Golan Heights. And as our Passover convocation continued in the Galilee, One of the speakers to our Convocation was a Druze Majali Wabi, former Deputy Speaker of the Israeli Parliament, the Knesset, and the only Druze Israeli to serve as Acting President of Israel. In our ministry, we're inspired by Daniel 11.32, which proclaims that the people who know God will be strong, not weak, and will carry out exploits, the works of the Lord. This year, during the 50th anniversary celebration of the reunification of Jerusalem, my husband Peter and I were invited by the chairman of the Knesset Christian Allies Caucus to become founders of the first Jerusalem prayer breakfast in Israel. 200 international leaders were invited as founders, including former Congresswoman and presidential candidate Michelle Bachmann. God wants us to pray for the peace of Jerusalem because when we obey that command, we keep this city, Jerusalem, close to our hearts. In the fall, we also attended the Chairman's Conference of the Knesset Christian Allies Caucus, as well as Israel's first media summit. More than 130 journalists and news executives from 30 countries converged here in Jerusalem for Israel's inaugural Christian Media Summit. It truly was a significant event Can you imagine, for example, the U.S. Congress or the Parliament in London sponsoring such an event for Christians? Yet the Jewish state comprehends the need to explain their biblical return to the land of their forefathers. We spent an unforgettable evening with the Prime Minister of Israel, Benjamin Netanyahu, and we were also hosted by Israeli President Reuven Rivlin during the feast of tabernacles in october exploits ministry held our fifth movable feast of tabernacles in a sukkah a tent as we rejoice before the lord with many nations coming up to the city of the great king during this festival of great joy in fact tabernacles is the time that many bible scholars believe that jesus was born as part of our own ongoing ministry on the mount of olives to prepare The way of the lord's second advent this year we received unusual favor to erect a feast of tabernacles sukkah a tent for morning worship and evening convocations it was truly amazing and the holy spirit's presence was precious during the worship and ministry time you should often come with us if you can to join our tours i don't think that we can preach often enough that jesus is coming again And Holy Scripture teaches us that when the Lord returns to rule in Zion, He will set up His kingdom on earth in Jerusalem and He'll be worshiped here for a thousand years. The nations will be commanded to come up to the capital of Jerusalem to worship the King of Kings during the Feast of Tabernacles every year. So we're part of that vanguard. Zechariah fourteen sixteen after all, declares, And it shall come to pass that everyone who is left of all the nations which came against Jerusalem shall go up from year to year to worship the King, the Lord of hosts, and to keep the Feast of Tabernacles. This year, for the first time during the Feast of Tabernacles, we crossed the Jordan River. We did something different by moving the celebrations of the Feast of Joy over to the kingdom of jordan where we held an outreach to minister to iraqi christian refugees who were living in amman part of the privilege of being led by the holy spirit is to accomplish the lord's exploits as a team we've ministered in jordan many times but never during sukkot tabernacles we took the oil of joy of the feast of tabernacles and with the help of operation blessing international we staged a feast and outreach for 300 Iraqi Christian refugees. Well, a personal highlight for me this year was receiving the 2017 Peace and Reconciliation Prize that was awarded by my friend, the heroic Vicar of Baghdad, Canon Andrew White. This was given on behalf of his Jerusalem Merit Organization. In awarding the prize, Andrew spoke of the things that our ministries have in common that together we stand with jews arabs and christians in the ministry of reconciliation truly loving all the people of the middle east it's our vision to take the good news of jesus to the children of both isaac and ishmael the award was presented on the mount of olives at the end of the feast of tabernacles well it's been an eventful year for us and i hope in your life as well i pray that You've been an overcomer in areas of health, finance, family relations, and spiritual growth. Most of all, that 2017 has been the year when you pass from darkness to light in coming to know Jesus as your Lord, Savior, and healer. If not, don't put off that life-changing moment to be redeemed and born again, because who knows what's in store in 2018? War clouds over Asia and the Middle East are an ever-growing threat. That's why you need to believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that Jesus the Messiah is Lord of your life. And then you can face tomorrow without fear and with the confidence that you are now and for eternity part of God's kingdom. That's a real promise for the new year. I do hope you'll continue to join me in Jerusalem through our video programs. And please stay in touch through social media and at our website, exploits.tv, where you can sign up to receive our electronic newsletter exploits and watch all of our videos at any time. The name of our program and newsletter is inspired by Daniel 1132, which says, the people who know God will be strong and take action, accomplishing the exploits of the Lord. One final thought for 2017, we've designed a brand new website this year and we've launched the Jerusalem Channel app to watch our videos on your mobile phones or tablets. And so until next time, always contending for the faith and praying earnestly for the peace of Jerusalem, I'm Christine Dark, Maranatha, and Shalom.